Welcome to Loose Change, our regular look at what's happening in the fintech world and the people that are all behind it. Make it all happen. Uh, and today I'm really pleased to be joined by Nuala Clamp, who works for us at Iris. Uh, welcome, Nuala, and Happy New Year to you. Thank you very much, Mark, and a Happy New Year to you too. Now, Nuala, um, I didn't really introduce you by explaining your role, and uh, probably better to leave that to yourself to explain your role within Iris. Uh, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about what you do at Iris? Sure. Um, my official title is Head of Managed Services, and um, that's a quite a large um, portfolio of work that I do. I look after the, the managed services implementation team, also the managed services proposition, which is a packaged solution for our IFA clients. And by package, um, you mean something they can use out of the box straight away without, well, uh, you know, with minimal configuration rather than having to go through a, a whole load of customization. Is that right? Yes. So the, the idea behind that is that we, we have built a pre-built, the best of breed um, configuration that we roll out to clients so that they can start as quickly as possible, getting back to business as quickly as possible sure. without um, um, extensive business interruptions. Um, so, so that's the managed services proposition. And along with that goes um, something called expand content, which is the best of breed or packaged content that I mentioned just now. Then I also look after the data migration team, which is part of the implementation and the technical services team, which does bespoke configuration and building spoke configuration for clients reports and that sort of stuff as well. And then the um, system administration and deployment around all the sites that we look after on behalf of clients. We have some of our clients who outsource their maintenance to us um, and we do it for them. So that's what you do in the morning. What do you do for the afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, joking aside, you have one of the widest ranges of, uh, of roles. And, and what's quite nice, having worked with you for many, many years now, you know, um, is, is the breadth of experience you had before you started doing that role as well, because the perceptive listeners will notice your accents, uh, not necessarily from the UK, uh, and that you've come from South Africa, where you had various roles there as well. Can you tell us a little bit about what you did in South Africa before you came and helped us out in the UK? Sure. Um, gosh, I think this year we are now up to counting um, 18 years with Iris, group of companies. Um, Started when you were 12. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in 2007, Iris um, came into South Africa and bought a company called Spotlight. We were the market leader in um, the wealth and financial planning market. And they bought our company. And along with that, um, I was part of the business at that stage. There was a second company under the Spotlight banner called AdviceNet. And they had purchased my business um, way back in, I think, 2002. Mm -hmm. And um, I have a huge passion for the IFA or the independent entrepreneurial financial planning business. And um, I'd set up a business a long time ago um, creating and helping entrepreneurs make brilliant businesses. So I worked with the regulator when South Africa was introducing our financial services and advisory framework, the anti-money laundering legislation when that was coming in. 
um, and I worked within with industry and lobbied with and against the regulator to make sure that they were implementing fair and just legislation that would not put the IFA out of business. Um, so with that, I had quite a lot of clients that I looked after. I was also one of the founder members of the Compliance Institute in South Africa. Um, and a huge experience there. Um, I also published a, a, a book um, on how to run a financial planning practice. And from that... I never knew that. And, you keep some of these <laughs> things secret, even from some of your colleagues that you've worked with for many years. You know? it, wa it wasn't widely published. It was... Um, <laughs> um, anyway, so th that was pretty much the copyright that, that Spotlight bought, and it was their proprietary um, content. And that all of that... in. Um, process and procedure was built into Spotlight yep. um, and then adopted into X-Plan. Some of the things that you might be familiar with, so the whole workflow, audit sampler, um, task, uh, um, sorry, threads, and threads were already there, but we enhanced it to just bring in that, that um, the compliance and practice management and risk management into, into the software. So, and I love that passion that you bring for having worked quite closely in, with the IFA, the passion for the IFA, for the man on the street um, doing the work rather than just focusing in on some of the larger corporates where actually the larger corporates were often once removed from the actual practitioner. We may be dealing with a central IT department. Uh, I guess in that, those roles you've been discussing, you're actually hand-holding the advisor themselves going through their journey, which is a very different world, isn't it? Yes, it is. The, the, the IFA is fundamental, in my mind, they're fundamental to the industry um, and making sure that you and I, the consumer on the street, is in a position to retire financially sound and safe. Yep. In South Africa, we don't have um, national insurance or anything like that. It's all self-funded. Um, so they play a very, very important role. Um, we used to have adverts in South Africa where you would see old people, um, and it was true, eating dog food because that's all they could afford. And for, it was just, that just broke my heart. So I, I used what I knew, which was the legal framework, financial services industry, to try and make a difference. Uh, and I, I think uh, that, that passion comes across a lot when, when we talk, and hopefully we'll uh, see a little bit more as we go through. Um, but Some I people do... do say there's a little bit of craziness behind my eyes. Well, that, that's, the, uh, that's because there's a little bit of Irish in you as well, isn't there? That's the passion <laughs> as well. The, uh, as a fellow Celt, I, I think we, we, we sometimes get more passionate than maybe some, some of the Absolutely. other nationalities. And, and, and long may that uh, last. Um, yes. Now, I want before we go and talk a little bit more about your South African experience and your UK experience, uh, quite intrigued to find a little bit more about yourself. And uh, as, a, as a listener to these podcasts, you may know that we, we do our quick fire quizzes where um, we ask some questions uh, unprepared as you may be for, for the other uh, questions we're going to ask and, and we see where the conversation goes as a result. So are you up for doing a little bit of a quick fire quiz? Absolutely. I might answer unicorn if I don't want to answer the question, <laughs> but let's go for it. Yeah, you have an opt out. Um, okay, so we're, we're just entering or just entered 2020. Um, what was your highlight for you, either in a personal or a professional uh, manner? Uh, maybe we'll go for one of each, actually, uh, in 2019. So go give me a highlight on a personal level and a highlight on a professional level for 2019. Okay. So without a doubt, the highlight um, 
on a personal basis was the birth of my third granddaughter mm-hmm. um, last year, which was just phenomenal in South Africa. And I was able to spend 17 days, her first 17 days of her life with her. And that was just outstanding. And you flew back to South Africa for that? I flew back to South Africa. I missed the birth by one day, but that's okay because she was still in hospital. So I met her on day two and she's a fantastic character. What a special moment. Yeah. And I'm so, so proud of um, my son and his wife and all of my children as to how they're doing. It's just a great place to be. Um, from a professional perspective, the highlight from last year, I would say, is um, reinvigoration and relaunch of Xplan content. I think in total, we ended up deploying 14 new artifacts to our library. Um, and by an artifact, you mean a new report? A, uh, a new a, report. Or a, a new workflow process or uh, Correct. that sort of thing, yeah. Correct, so that for me, and, and what was really outstanding was the team that we put together was not a formal team. It was a team made up on a volunteer basis. Um, And everybody that came forward and volunteered their time to build Xplan content, they have become so passionate about what we're doing. And it's become, it's just like a wildfire. They're running, everybody they're speaking to, they're just picking up new ideas, bringing it into the team. We've got a roadmap developing and they're selling it. And it's just fantastic. And we're seeing the adoption of that and more and more people taking it on. Uh, and, Nila, what I really like uh, about that team is that you're using different language within the team and you yourself are using the different language as well when you th- compared to what we would normally use when we're talking about software. So I've heard you talk about uh, beautiful content. Um, now, beautiful is not necessarily something we associate when we're talking about a fact-find document or a suitability report or or, or um, the latest valuation document, but that's what the team's using. Those words are genuinely being used around the office. Um, what sort of what sort of stimulated that passion? Uh, probably a little bit of that craziness you spoke about <laughs> earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but it's healthy, isn't it? It's it's healthy, and 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 it's giving people an ownership and a and a desire to make desirable software. Absolutely, and I think the the word ownership is important. For it's easy to delegate responsibility and stuff, but it's not easy to delegate ownership. That's something that is taken, and with the act of volunteering, that everyone has come forward and and they have taken on the ownership of explain content and to hear clients as well um, starting to say, well, that new valuation report, that's mine. Yeah. I'm behind that. And that ownership is just fantastic. It just, it, it helps with change management. It helps with advocacy. Um, the whole idea where you'd have one person tell 10 people word of mouth. It's just really starting to take off. No, great stuff. Great stuff. Now, moving on to my quiz, because we've only asked one question. Um, uh, if we're looking it's forward to 2000... <laughs> if we're looking forward, though, to 2020, have you made any New Year's resolutions? I have, and I am in the process of building it into a vision. And is this where you're pleading unicorn as to what, what, the, what the New Year's resolution is? No, not necessarily. Go on, tell um, us more then. Tell us more. Okay. So I thought that 2020 new decade 
2020 a repeat? That's interesting. So my first thought was, whatever we do this year, we need to do a double. Yep. So not necessarily just counting the numbers, but our must-win battles being growth, quality, and ease. Let's take an exponential look at this and go, how can I double the results? So that's what I'm working with at the moment. How can I double the results, double the impact? If I touched 10 people last year, how can I touch 20 people this year? Great. I like it. The passion coming through again. And if you were to turn that on its head and recommend a New Year's resolution for an IFA linked technology, something that they should be doing different with technology or more with technology or less with technology, what do you think that would be? Okay, the first thing that comes to mind um, for me is probably for the IFA to sit back and clearly understand and develop and articulate clearly their strategy. Why are they in business? A vi- create a vision, and I know it, ca- it could be quite cliched, but I think we need to get back to basics. Actually, find the reason, find the passion. Why are you in business? It, it's not just to make money. You're making a difference. You, you're developing something that's going to make someone's life easier. Yep. And you're going, and and your life matter. What is it? Yep. Yep. Uh, and, and if there was one, so that's a great one for an IFA business as a whole, giving a whole direction to the business and, a, and, and reinvigorating energy in, in a business. Is there anything technology-wise that they should do? Yes, I do think that everyone should be looking at data. Data is, people are talking about it being the new gold, the new um, everything. Data is everything. We, you know how can we mine data and get value out of it but i think it's time to once you've worked out what your strategy is how you want to grow your business and how you want to touch your community and the people that you serve we've got to go back and look at some housekeeping and look at data if you are moving to new technology or even if you just want to make it better look at the quality of your data get it into the best possible shape look at what data is necessary and focus on that and get spend some time with it to make it, it as best as possible so that you can get information out of it to help build your business and lead you to your final goal. And I think the interesting thing on data is New Year's resolutions often about changing a habit or building a habit. And, and, and with data, this shouldn't be a one-off exercise. Uh, it shouldn't just Correct. be go in and clean it and then it'll be all right for the rest of the year. What we're talking about here, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, is about changing the way you think about data so that you're keeping it clean all the time that it doesn't fall back into disrepute. So many times I see a project, they clean it up and then within uh, six months, they've got into all the bad habits and um, and it's gone wrong. It's like people promising to go to the gym and lasting yes. uh, and then letting it drop. What we actually have to change is the way we think about data uh, and the same way you've got to change the way you think about exercise. It's got to become something that you do on, on a regular basis uh, to make a difference. Yes, um, probably because I'm doing this at the moment as well at home. It's a, it's a spring clean and it needs to be done regularly. Yep, agreed, agreed. Okay, and I'm going to move on from the quick fire and I'm going to go back to the topic of um, managed services um, and the service that you offer there. Um, 
tell me a little bit more about why managed service is different from what a service might be, say, to a, one of our larger networks or large national organizations. Why is it different? What are you offering that is different in terms of the level of service? Okay. Um, so the first thing I would say is that if you were a large corporate, you would engage with Iris, we would appoint an implementation team, um, you would stand up an equivalent implementation team on your side, and or you the, the firm, and together we would work to implement your software, and then when that implementation project came to an end, we'd hand it over to you and we would go on our merry way. And you would be left to maintain and manage the software. So for a big corporate, they have the infrastructure, they have the people, the knowledge, the skills, the BAs, and those sorts of things. And we would still provide the support services. So we still provide the help desk Absolutely. and the account still, management, yes. etc. But yeah, they're, they're, they're doing their password changes, they're, they're, um, they're doing the config, ongoing config, that sort of thing. Yes, and the, the administration and, yeah. and the data cleansing that we were talking about yeah. and keeping, keeping their... Um, software and their database in line with their strategy and where they're taking their business yep. so they would look after all of that stuff um, with the managed services solution or proposition it's aimed at the smaller entrepreneurial business now typically with an entrepreneurial business you have a very lean machine um, light on resources, you become a jack of all trades and you're all over the place um, trying to do all sorts of things, make tea and um, build a business while you're doing it. So we've designed a service offering with the software that goes together with the software where we, we you, the, the financial services firm, outsource that security, system administration, maintenance, configuration maintenance, to Iris, to the managed services team, to look after um, with you for an ongoing period. And in many ways, it's it's also the content, isn't it? So we're coming back to your beautiful content. It's You're responsible for creating for them the best industry practice within our, our software. Now, you know, some areas like the workflows, they may either go on and, and, and personalize or, 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 or tweak and tailor, but they have the out of the box, the industry best practice that they can take away uh, straight away. And, and that puts so much less pressure on them because they can focus on their day job rather than having to worry about being IT experts. Exactly, so that focus on the day job and where their core competencies are is very important. The second thing that you mentioned about the, the content is, and this is also very different, with a big corporate, you would be building bespoke content um, at a charged, um, time and material basis for that firm. With the X-Plan content, what we try to do is we look at the managed services um, clients and that sector in the industry and we are trying to pull everyone's ideas together and pull the ideas and deliver an artifact or a report that is going to serve as many people as possible. So we're getting scale of benefits from delivering one artifact to everybody that's flexible. One of the uh, one of the big things from last year was the smart styling, and we and that came out of understanding how difficult it was when an entrepreneurial firm wanted to go 
and rebrand mm -hmm. and enhance their corporate image. And we had two or three firms go through that last year, which meant they had to update their explan interface, get designers involved, and then I think there was probably about 20 reports that had to be redone. And that's a massive, massive expense. So how do we build something that would make that easier for the next IFF firm who wants to go for enhancing their corporate branding to be able to just do it easily and that's where smart styling came from so listening to our customers is very very important yeah and we want to engage with everybody so so that part of that um focus on the community yeah and the community stuff's an area that iris invested hugely in last year i mean we had all the whole community work that that Sarah Rowe, we talked about on an earlier podcast, has, uh, has been involved in. But uh, right down to you know every account manager being responsible for having you know bringing their clients into the Iris community and uh, sharing as many ideas with them. Um, Community is key, isn't it? It's definitely key. And and for us, managed services is um, a remote team. We don't by nature go on site, and it's because. We value our clients' time. Um, we don't want to sit in offices, uh, sit in meeting rooms with 100 people around the table debating things. We just want to get down to business and get back to business as quickly as possible. So we value time. Um, and the community is our chosen method of communication with clients. So webinars, and we are putting a program together for 2020 where we'll have regular webinars, where we'll be engaging people, doing Q&As, looking at what um, the IFA firm is, is looking for. So yeah. we'll engage that way as well. Now, the interesting thing about what you're saying here is um, that we're focusing a lot on conversations here that will happen, help not just the big clients, but you know, down to your small one-man, two-man, uh, or two-person, I should say, uh, firm. Um, and you're the second person this year, and I've only been back two days, that said to me, this year is about the, the, the year of the IFA, this, the, the helping the guy on the street use technology better. Why do you think people are beginning to focus in on making uh, so much on making the life easier for the practitioner. Whereas maybe five years ago, people were looking at how do we support this big bank over here doing what they are. Um, why do you think it's had so much focus now, uh, Iris, to, to make the life of the practitioner so much better? An interesting question. Um, I think it goes back to what I mentioned earlier about word of mouth. Mm -hmm. And the power of one. If you just look at great South African book, by the way. Have you read the, the Power of One? It's about the South African boxer. Great book. I'd love it. I haven't actually. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll have to give that to me afterwards. Um, I think that the world is changing. If you just think what Greta Thornburg has been doing, one 16-year-old girl. Um, if you go back to Mahatma Gandhi, one person can change a world. And I, I think people are starting to realize the power of one. Yep. And one person can change an industry. One person can topple a share price. One person can improve a share price. And getting back, I think Iris is, is, is getting back to focusing on um, the individual IFA, which was very important when we started out Spotlight as well as X-Plan. Um, and Iris, we started out building our business with an entrepreneurial ethos 
and we went to entrepreneurs. Yeah, and I, and I think and I think that's key, isn't it? Because at the moment, if you look at a large firm, in any case, say you take a large network, we have many large networks that you, you use our software. They are a collection of individuals, advisors at the uh, at the end of the day. And if you get it right for the individual IFA that you're servicing and manage services, the same benefits will 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 cascade through to those larger firms by actually having being more in touch with the their end user and now obviously they're the way that it's implemented and some of the infrastructure issues will be different but the actual functionality benefit will be clear to to all our client base yes definitely and if we get the managed content right we'll have beautiful content for all our clients won't we that's correct, because we all about sharing. Yeah, we're all about sharing, but that, that's the beauty of X-Plan, isn't it? We build this content once and then we can re reuse it. And if we get it right, why wouldn't everyone use it? Correct. At the end of the day, we are all working in the same regulatory environment and we all need to do the same things. Yep. Now, Newly, you mentioned when you were defining what you did in your role, a, a part of that role is around the implementation of these solutions, uh, of these um, uh, users within managed services. So one of the things I'm often asked when I'm out there is, what makes a great implementation of software? What, you know, if I was to give someone that was changing software one tip or three tips, what would they be? Um, have you any thoughts on that? What, what, what um, makes a great? A, that's, a, that's a big topic. Um, to start off with, I would go back to, if I were making a list, number one is what's the strategy? Why are you doing it? Yep. Understand very clearly why you're changing software. Um, be able to articulate what the goal is. Once you have that, and strategy is normally three to five years, long-term stuff, then go and look at what the necessity is. So what is what do you need to continue to operate on a day-to-day -day basis and start there. Um, the third word I would put to this is it's a journey. Implementation is the beginning. It's baby steps. Um, it's the beginning of a journey and it's not the end of the journey. Um, that journey metaphor is quite nice because I've also heard you use the, um, the terminology uh, when you've been talking about people's strategy and goals about making that your north star uh, to guide yes. you on that journey because if you're on the journey and you know where your ultimate destination is because you're navigating by this north star you will always have something to anchor you so whenever you come across a bumper a mountain you've got to climb on the road to, to get across it doesn't matter because you know that goal that you're that you're trying to get to yeah. and, and, and the goal is worth it yes and it, it gives you that opportunity to to stop think and go why am I doing this yeah. oh that's right yeah I want to achieve this um, and then the probably the last thing I would say is I go back to data I was um, I was talking this morning to our client portal team and we were talking about the challenges that firms have faced implementing client portal and it all comes back down to data so it's very important to take the time at the beginning of the implementation to make sure your data is in the best possible place it can be and only take necessary data. You don't need to take everything. 
Um, if you're moving from Advisor Office, we are leaving you with a free license um, of Advisor Office, so you have access to all your records. But take necessary data, not just dumping everything in, because Xplan the database and all the new things that are coming in 2020 with MI and um, data management and all the things that are on the roadmap, it's so important. If you're looking, just think about looking for a needle in a haystack. Yeah. You know, make sure that you only have necessary twigs of straw in that haystack otherwise you'll be searching forever because look wrong so wrong data can be worse than no data can't it absolutely absolutely and the interesting thing is if you get the data wrong people will blame the system so people will say yes. the system's at fault when actually no you know it's the, it's the data that we put in here that's at, that, that, at fault so it's so crucial to get everyone's buy into a new system that you start off with the right information in there yeah, so the way that we approach implementations in the managed services team is we we try to understand the client's uh, strategy, where they're going, what the, what the number one necessary thing is that we need to implement for them to get back to business and start that journey on X-Plan, move the data quickly and safely, the necessary data into the new system and then um, help them come to terms with the difference and the change. And that change management is very important for the firm and the principals and the, the leaders in the firms to actually understand that it's a massive, massive change that they're going through. You know, we used to look at your assets and liabilities this way in your legacy software. And it's very different when you're looking at it in XPAN. And spend the time, take the time to understand how the database works so that you can see the power behind it. And that's one of the reasons why XPlan content is so important, is take the XPlan content, the standard content, before you want to start making changes. Um, you know, buy this, it's, I suppose it's, it's use what's out there that's proven, as opposed to starting with a blank piece of paper and designing it from the bottom up on a bespoke build. No, wise words, wise words. Now, Nula, I've just seen the time and we've, hit over our time already because the conversation was so fascinating thanks ever so much for your time today uh, and i'm Thank going, you, Mark. going to close off now but of course anyone can join us again in two weeks time for another edition of loose change but thank you listeners for your time and thank you once again Nula. cheers thanks very much mark all the best for 220 thank you and you